Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I think I always was addicted to something, mm-hmm. whether it was food as a kid or people-pleasing being the good girl, my mom, you know, used to call me God's perfect child, which would have been great if she had said with your imperfections. You know, I have not been in a great space. And so what I try to do is align myself with God and bring God into whatever communication I'm going to have, whether it's with myself or with a loved one or my cat or whomever, I feel like that's a really important part of my staying sane. And for me, it's not a day at a time. It's a breath. I'm probably one of the few people I know who still looks forward to my Sunday newspaper. Not a digital copy that I read on my phone, but the real finger-staining, loud-crinkling, section-by-section newspaper. The Sunday paper for me is a treat to be enjoyed while lounging in bed and sipping hot lemon water. So one day when we were going through all of the only one stories that are being submitted to us, thank you for those, by the way. We love reading them. It was Scott's idea to record and release a few of them occasionally, but always on Sundays, and call them our Sunday edition. And because they're only 30 minutes long, our hope is that you can enjoy them while sipping your morning beverage, going for a walk, or even just enjoying a lazy Sunday at home. Please enjoy today's Sunday edition and be sure to listen every Thursday for a new installment of our Now Normal series. And of course, every Tuesday when we drop another brand new episode of The Only One in the Room. So, Patty Linsky, you've been quarantining for a little bit, right? Yes, I have. (laughs) What shows have you been binging? Oh, God. Well, there was... Dead to Me. Yeah, we watched that. Yep. I Feel Fine, I think was one of them. Ozark. Ozark. Love. Hollywood. We're just watching that. Oh, my God. It's great. It's great. And then there's always the Law and Order marathons, which I'm addicted to. (laughs) My (laughs) daughter. Doesn't Lily like those? Oh, like crazy. She. (laughs) Oh, man. She she quarantined with us, and every time I walked around, I'd be like, what are you watching? She goes, yeah. Yeah, a lot of procedurals. Uh Yeah, (laughs) I've seen them all, and I don't remember half of them, but I get bits and pieces. It's like, oh yeah, she killed him, and then they all got yeah, right, right. Is that all Netflix? Everything is. I think everything is Netflix. Some of it might be Amazon. Okay, I'm going to watch Hamilton tonight. Yeah, we are too. We're having um, the fam over. Oh, nice. Watch. Very excited. Mm. Friday, the day it comes out, which is really cool. 
Right. And whoever uh, thought we'd be excited to see Hamilton on television. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for that. I am Laura Cathcart Robbins, and this is the only one in the room Sunday edition. But I'm never the only one in this room because, as usual, my boyfriend, producer, and co-host, Scott Slaughter, who I call Hun, is here as well. Hi, honey. Hey, honey. So to mark the occasion of our one-year anniversary this past April... We asked you, our listeners, to submit your fabulous Only One stories with the objective of us picking one of them as the winner and having that winner come on the show and share their story. We thought we might get four or five submissions and had no idea how many of you would submit your stories for consideration. Can I just say that we're completely blown away by the response? So blown away, in fact, that we've decided to make this a state-of-the-art new series for us to be called The Only One in the Room Sunday Edition. But today we are over the moon to bring you our winner, the story that took our breath away. As soon as Scott and I read Patty's story, we looked at each other because there was no doubt that author, performer, public speaker, and cantor Patty Linsky was our contest winner. Welcome, Patty. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, Patty. Hi, Patty. hun. <laughs> and so, Patty, what is your only one statement? Oh, I was the only canter in rehab. All right. So, yeah, I mean, we could actually end right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shalom. Uh, Shalom. <laughs> Tell me, before we get into that, who's in your COVID bubble with you? My husband, David. Mm-hmm. Our two cats. Uh, what are their names? Oliver and Elio. Okay. Did you see Call Me By Your Name? Yes. That's Oliver and Elio. Oh, nice. So that's Ollie and Leo. Uh-huh. And um, our daughter Kayla was with us for about two and a half months from Santa Cruz when everything broke, and then she's gone back to school. Mm-hmm. And our other daughter, Eliana, is moving in six days back home. Oh, because she's uh, been accepted to a master's program in Jewish education in Los Angeles. Dope. Yep. And she's going to be in our guest house for two weeks quarantining and then. Nice. We can hug again. Ah, nice. So that's what it's been. It's been quite a surreal time, as I'm sure you can attest to as well. Absolutely. Where, where do you live, Patty? We live in Valley Village. Valley Village. California. 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 Part of Los Angeles. It's in the East San Fernando Valley. Yes, yes. Quite near us, actually. You live. Absolutely, I do. So tell me, what is a cantor? A cantor is a member of the clergy in the Jewish religion, specializing in music, leading the music in the services, but also teaching children bar and bat mitzvah lessons and conducting choirs and doing life cycle events, such as weddings and funerals mm-hmm. and baby namings and uh, teaches adult education and does work in social justice and partners, if they're lucky, partners with a clergy team Mm -hmm. rather than someone who likes to go solo. Right. And what's the difference between a cantor and a rabbi? The way that we study. The rabbis study more textual information and the cantors study more musical information. Mm -hmm. What I was going to say was about 200K. That's the difference Uh. between a rabbi and a cantor. But that's good. Say that. Thank you. You already did. I know. (laughs) No, that's great. So yeah, it was a setup for a joke, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right. So I am familiar with cantors. Both my sons were were bar mitzvahed. 
and not in Temple, though. And we had a cantor, the same cantor, Cantor Judy. I think you and I have talked about her. Yes. She did both bar mitzvahs and they learned a single Torah portion. That was all the Hebrew they learned. But I just fell in love with the singing. So beautiful. And then I heard I heard you sing at, well, at several places, but at Lila and PJ's wedding, which was beautiful. And also performing. Scotty and I were lucky enough to see you perform in our neighborhood at Vitello's upstairs. Amazing performance. You have an amazing voice. Thank you. So you you studied, you became a cantor. After you became a cantor, you became part of a temple community. Is that correct? Yes, I started as a cantorial soloist in 1981 in uh, Ventura at Temple Beth Torah. Uh-huh. And I was there actually renegotiating my contract for the next several years when I got a call from a temple in Northridge asking me to come and audition there. Mm. And it was very interesting because I could have stayed in Ventura probably forever. It was very comfortable, but I felt the need to go to grow. Yeah. And um, so I ended up working at Temple Ahavat Shalom for 24 and a half years. Wow. Wow. So tell me how or when did you, I'm putting this in air quotes, meet your addiction? Like, how did it manifest in your life? Well, I think I always was addicted to something, Mm. whether it was food as a kid or people pleasing, being the good girl. My mom, you know, used to call me God's perfect child. Yeah. Which, uh, would have been great if she had said with your imperfections, Mm. (laughs) but that was a little tough to live up to. Yeah. I partied a lot in high school and would have three scotches after a bar mitzvah at my first temple and not feel it. Mm. And it was just part of covering up pain, you know, and I, I was not conscious. I was not aware of it. I wasn't in therapy. I had a very limited support system and it just sort of grew over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah. grew over time. You had a Facebook post was it called Dear Rehab? I think it was yes. called Dear Rehab. Yes. And you talk about your trip to rehab, uh, I think just before you were 50 years old. Is that correct? Yes. So about 13 years ago? Now it's 14. 14 yeah. years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. You talked about detoxing from Neurontin. That's an anticonvulsant, right? Given to epileptics. What What were you taking it for? I was taking it for nerve damage. I had had a hernia repair and the doctor had severed the, I think it's called the femoral nerve, uh-huh. uh, which goes down the leg. And mm. I, I stayed in the hospital overnight. And when I moved at one point, I felt like I was on fire. And it was because there was nerve damage. And so the Neurontin really helped bring the pain down and stifle the pain of the nerves. I mean, I'm off it now, but to this day, I still... Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission... Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. 
Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I have nerve damage and pain, mm. but I've just learned to live with it. Wow. And so why did you decide to go to rehab? What caused that decision? Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had been in recovery 10 months prior to that. Mm-hmm. And um, I was driving to the temple one Saturday morning and I started crying in the car and I couldn't stop. And I called my rabbi from the car and I said, I'm crying and I can't stop and I need to see you immediately when I get there. Mm. And little did I know that I was beginning a nervous breakdown. Mm. So I got to temple and I said to him, I can't, I can't do the bar mitzvah. I just cannot do it. And he said, I see that. And I ended up being in my office speaking to my therapist who had a connection at a rehab in Malibu where her daughter worked actually. And, you know, three days later I was there. So my impression of how you were in your temple community, from what I understand and from what I've been around, there's cantors are very well respected. They are somebody that you can go to if you have a problem. Right. And so now you were someone who was in need of help. Did it feel odd to you to have to seek that help from an outside source as a member of the clergy? Yes, because I led such, I was so good at leading a double life until I wasn't, Uh. until I wasn't, you know, and part of the work that I do, I've become an artist in residence around the country. Well, (laughs) except for now. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I, I do on a Sunday morning is work with the teens of the temple that I'm at. Mm -hmm. And I ask them to time travel with me to pretend that I'm their cantor and I have my hand on their back because they're nervous about reading the Torah. Mm. And, um, I'm the one that's going to spot them and take care of them. And I'm stoned out of my mind and Ah. their jaws drop. Yeah. And this, this was my story. I mean, I took enough, just enough Vicodin and just enough Valium where I could take the edge off my nerves mm-hmm. and still be able to sing because when, when one takes codeine, it affects the vocal cords. Ah, it affects them how? They can't phonate. They relax. Mm. And so there's no vibrational energy between them. They're so relaxed and it doesn't sound great. Ah, so you became a chemist figured out which dosage you could take that would calm your nerves and still allow you to sing? Yes. Ah. Yes. Sounds like me. (laughs) Right? Yes. Right. They didn't have a course in cantorial school for this. For for that? (laughs) No, they didn't. Trial and error. Yeah. Yeah. So you had this inner life and this outer life, and the inner life was trying to quell your anxiety? Is that what you were doing? It was. I mean, I had a car accident in 19... 93. And, uh, I went to a chiropractor who provided me Vicodin Mm -hmm. and, you know, so much for natural medicine. And I got addicted to it. And I kind of look at this as one of three of God's interventions 
that sort of stopped me when I couldn't stop myself. This mm. first one was the car accident, and I became addicted to Vicodin. The second thing was at a garage sale where I took my medication, as which I thought was prescribed, which consisted of Vicodin, Valium, probably Oxy. Mm. I had been, now I had been getting it off of the internet. Right. And I wanted to make sure that I was all that and prepared for the garage sale. So we would sell a lot and everything would be fantastic. So we set it all up. My nanny was with the kids. I came back in and I had forgotten that I had taken the pills and I took another dose of it with a swig of Chardonnay, which I thought was apple juice. And I never made, yeah, (laughs) I never made it out to the garage. No, seriously, I never made it out to the garage sale. I OD'd. Mm. And my nanny came in, found me slumped over the the computer table and tried to walk me around as my eldest had to call 911. Wow. And uh, as I was being wheeled out on the gurney, my kids were at the window saying, Mommy, please don't die. Mm. And that's my snapshot. You know, that's my snapshot of my drug-addicted bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Just what I did, you know, what I did to them and to the family was just unbelievable. Yes. You know, for for me, the way that I saw it was that I did what I did in order to show up for my family and show up for my life. And the truth of the matter was it was doing the exact opposite. It was killing me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you've gone to treatment. Are you scared of your reputation when you're there? I was really afraid to tell people what I did when I was in rehab. Yeah. I I was like, how can I, as this esteemed blah, 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 mm-hmm. be an addict and be have a breakdown and have all this shame and have all this insecurity when people come to me as their role model? And, yeah. you know, I bought the hype. I bought the hype of being up on the Bema and everyone looking up to me. My ego was like, yeah. I am all that. Well, you know what? I'm not. Mm. I'm just a woman, a human being on the planet. It took a lot of work for me to undo this ego stuff that, because I was, I was really very insecure, but Mm. I didn't show people that. Yeah. Wow. I know how it was for me in treatment. I was so self-conscious of who I was and what I was. I was so, I had a lot of shame about being there. And I, I didn't hold a position like yours in society. You felt like the only one in the room there. That was why, right? Because you were clergy. Yeah. And yeah. So, so what did that look like while you were there? What Were you by yourself? Did you no, have? No. I had um, five other people there with me. It was a very loving environment, a lot of structure, mm-hmm. a lot of 12-step emphasis, a lot of workshops, therapy, art therapy, yoga. I was smoking cigarettes every day. I can't even picture you smoking. <laughs> I'll show you sometime. Okay. No, I won't because I don't smoke anymore. Yeah. But um, no, it was like any, it, it was like anything to set, to fill the hole. I mean, mm. I gained 15 pounds there and, mm-hmm. you know, it just was, I was so grateful that I had had 10 months of recovery prior to going into the door because you know, the recovery rate in rehab is very, very slim. And actually one of the people who was with me there, you know, we did an exit, we did an exit poster and 
we had to say what our higher power was in the middle of it. And I had put this little girl at the beach looking up at the sky with the blah, blah, blah. And his was a Costco size bottle of kettle one. Mm. And he said to me before he left, he said, all I want to do is go home and drink myself to death. And guess what? He did. Two months later, uh. he, yeah, he died. And it was so close to home, you know, because we got, all of us got close in there. Of course. But I'm not in touch with anyone from there anymore. Mm. And that's okay. I mean, it was a chapter of my life that I will always, I mean, I, I believe it was so helpful in saving my life mm -hmm. that among, among other things that I've done in my life and, you know, I'll be forever grateful. Yeah. If they ever need me to go and speak there, I, I would do it in a minute. Talk to me about being a mom in treatment. I know that you celebrated Mother's Day while you were there. You celebrated your 50th birthday there. What is that like? Oh, my God. It was awful. Yeah. It was awful. It was shameful. It was embarrassing. The kids were so confused. How old were they then? Sorry. I think I want to say 8 and 12 or 7 and 11, something like that. They were kids. They were kids yeah. and they did not get it. And I didn't expect them to. And I tried to put on a, a good face. But, you know, how do you explain being away for a month from your children because, you know, because you have to be to save your life? Mm -hmm. And I remember my youngest, when, when someone asked where I was, she said, and she didn't get what she was saying, but she said, my mom's on a vacation in Malibu. <laughs> I mean, every treatment center is in Malibu and it right. didn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out. That's true. You know, so, and it took a long time for me to be comfortable with owning it. Mm. And like long while you were there in treatment or long afterward? Both. 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 But I'll tell you, I was like a sponge in there. I could not write enough. I could not take in enough information. I was all in because mm. I did not want to go back. Yeah. I wanted to do this one time. I mean, this guy who passed away, it had been his 19th time in rehab. And yeah. he went in, he went in to dry out. Mm -hmm. That was not my intention. No. So you went in there to get sober. Well, I went in there to get help. I had been sober. But when this breakdown started to happen, this, you know, uncontrollable crying in the car on the way to the bar mitzvah, I mean, a lot of that. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It had been because I could not say no. Hmm. You know, people would say to me, how do you do it? 
you're a mom, you're a wife, you're a cantor, you're a this, you're blah, blah, blah. You haven't stopped. You're so, you know, I was doing national stuff. And like one day I just broke. Yeah. Just broke. You can't do it all, can you? Uh, no. One can't do it all. One I can't. And, no. and I didn't understand the phrase that no is a full sentence. Because mm. I was such a people pleaser. Yeah. And I wanted to keep up the image, yeah. you know? You're very open with your recovery now, as is indicated by this conversation. <laughs> and you talked about working with the youth in the different communities that you're working with around the country, right? Yes. How else are you, are you using your recovery in your work now? You know, when I was traveling before the pandemic, I, I was an artist in residence in different synagogues and basing it around mental health issues. And I would come in for the weekend Friday night, I would do a sermon and song called The Spirituality of Recovery Hmm. and share my story. Your whole story. Yeah, share my whole story. Hmm. And I would, I would marry it to the portion of the Torah that we read, you know, the, the weekly portion Hmm. and the lessons that it brought in. And then Saturday morning, I would do a study session and read from a chapter in this book that I'm in called Shades of Blue. Yes. I have that book. Oh, you do? Yeah, you actually signed it for me. Did I? Oh, mm-hmm. great. Yes. See, that's well, good. I'm glad you it's have lovely. it. It's lovely. And it's it's a really important book, I think, because of what it deals with. Yeah. And, yeah, and it normalizes, you know, it's such a perfect book for anyone who experiences depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. any mental health issues, you know, addiction, abuse. And the thing I love about this book, which was edited by my very, very, very dear friend, Amy Ferris, who is a shero in her own right. There's so much hope and possibility and recovery. It's not a downer. And I think, you know, for people to see that to be human is so beautiful because we are made perfectly imperfect. Yes. Yes. And thank God for that. Mm-hmm. I thank love God that. for that. Yeah. So what prompted you to write that anniversary letter to rehab? Because I had really been thinking about it. You know, every year when the date comes up, the date of my third intervention of God, which was this surgery gone horribly wrong in Mm. October of 2009, which almost took my life. Ah. You know, so I, I have that anniversary and I have the anniversary of being in rehab and they're both profound to me. Mm. And I just decided I wanted to, to write about it in a way that would be authentic and maybe help somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's so much a part of my work right now is to try to carry the message of my own life so that if someone hasn't found their own voice with their story, yeah, that they can have... I don't see me granting permission. I believe whatever I say comes from God yeah. through me. Yeah. And so if the words that I say can resonate to someone else who's like dealing with it, but hasn't been able to find words mm. or to put their puzzle together, that's, that's my primary intention of yeah. being so public with my recovery and my addictions. And I'm not ashamed of it. I have forgiven myself. I, it's an ongoing day by day. Mm-hmm. breath by breath thing. Yes. And we're going to post a link to your words, the anniversary letter to rehab, the dear rehab in the show notes so people can read it for themselves. It's really beautifully written. And for anybody that is, I'm trying not to use the word struggling anymore, but is dealing 
with like what you said, things they don't have words for, or if they have secrets, or they are actively hiding behavior from the people they love, they may take some comfort in your words and maybe be able to take some action or contact you or me. But if they're connecting to your words, they should reach out, I think. Absolutely. I know you would answer. I know. And you I'm would. on Facebook yes. and Instagram and all that stuff. Yes, so. you are. I'm going to ask you how they can find you, but tell me first what's next for you. What's next for me is I'm going to get on a Zoom call at five o'clock and watch some <laughs> of my friends um, perform. Oh, beautiful. And then we're going to order in from Tender Greens and we're going to watch Hamilton. That's what's next for me. Yes. Now, if you're asking the larger picture, what's next for me? Mm. I have no idea. Yeah. I have some things scheduled. But it can change on a dime. Right. Um, I am a part of a cohort for the Institute for Jewish Spirituality made up of 44 rabbis and cantors throughout the country. And our next retreat, which was supposed to be in Baltimore, starting a week from Sunday, is now virtual. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'll be doing from the 12th through the 16th. Beautiful. Somewhere. It might be in my home. It might be at an Airbnb. I don't know where it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But there's that. And I'm getting ready for the high holidays with Congregation Colombia in West Hollywood. And it's very different this year because yeah. uh, we're all Zooming it. We can't meet. It's been fascinating yeah. and exhausting. And I continue working with Leo Beck Temple and I do their minions every second and fourth Saturday morning of the month. And I love that. Beautiful. So I'm just, uh, and I'm, I'm writing songs and mm-hmm. I'm writing, working with my, putting my show, my alter ego up virtually now with a different producer. Oh, and wonderful. So that's going to happen. And, you know, I just want to stay healthy and, loving and in light and being available. And I have to tell you, I haven't been. Mm. I've really been struggling. I've been really depressed. I've been, you know, I have not been in a great space. But I was reminded through a friend who said I reminded her, you know, have I invited God into the room or into the congregation, into the con- conversation mm. or the congregation, or the congregation yeah. <laughs> before I go in. And Uh, so what I try to do is align myself with God mm. and bring God into whatever communication I'm going to have, whether it's with myself or with a loved one or my cat or whomever. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like that's a really important part of my staying sane. And for me, it's not a day at a time. It's a breath. You are such a light, Patty, and I think that part of your light is the realness that you bring. The fact that you don't pretend that you're okay when you're not. The fact that you bring all your stuff with you and put it on display and let people see is that huge part of that attraction. At least it is for me. So I really appreciate you doing that and being that. And you do that for me too. Mm. And so does Scott. I mean, we're very, very lucky that we've taken the opportunities that were presented to us to do work around what we've needed to learn. Yes, yes, I completely agree. So back to people want to get in touch with you. Where is it that they can find you? What are you on Instagram? (laughs) You don't know. You don't know. You know, it might be, it might be at Patty Linsky. It might be at Mama Cantor. (laughs) I really should have checked this, I guess. You're Patty Linsky. Okay. Yeah. I just looked you up. Thank you. Okay. 
Facebook, I'm Patty Linsky. There's also Patty Linsky Alter Ego, but I would go with the Patty Linsky and they could message me from there. I have a website as well, www.pattylinsky.com. Nice. And spell Patty Linsky, please. P A, please. (laughs) I love you so much. Okay. P A T T I L I N S K Y. Beautiful. Okay. So if you're listening to this and you want to email Patty, go to our show notes and click the link there and you'll get her email. Just have to say how much respect and love I have for both of you. That you have started this forum has been such a remarkable gift to the world. And, you know, individually and collectively, you both radiate such light and such love. And uh, it's such a gift to have you in my life as my friends. I just love you both so much. You literally made my day. Yeah. And I just have to reiterate that, I mean, and we're so pleased that it's you that's our contest winner. Mm -hmm. But your story blew us away without us. We didn't even know you had submitted. Like you didn't say, I'm going to submit to this contest. It was like you submitted and there you were. And your story was just, it was the best. We were like, and there were some really close ones. And we're actually going to do a couple of those interviews because we had some other really great stories. But aside from the fact that you are our friend and we love you, you have this amazing story. Thank you for sharing it with us. Yeah, thank we- you for coming out and telling telling your truth and uh, just being yourself authentically. It's yes. It's wonderful. Yes. Well, thanks for letting me and making yeah. it such a safe space. You know, Always. it of works course. both ways. Thank you so much for having me with you. Thank thanks, you, Patty. Be sure not to miss our weekly full episodes and Scott Talks each Tuesday by subscribing to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Join our Only One in the Room Facebook group if you'd like to ask a question of any of our upcoming guests for this series. All of us at The Only One in the Room wish you safety and wellness during this challenging time, and we'll see you next week. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I came from a low-income family that was, that was struggling. You see how hard life can get. GC became a part of my life because I don't want my family to fall back into that. I never thought education would take me this far. I'm still young. I still have a lot to do in my life and just want to get things done the way I want with a good education under me. I'm Stacy and Grand Canyon University helped me find my purpose.